How many people do you only know, not by name, but by some attribute, like the way they dress to the way they behave? Am I crazy or is that like an ass backwards way to be remembered? Well, it's really only ass backwards when you've actually placed all of your self-value outside of yourself. You know, like that strut you get when you get a fresh cut or a clean ass set of kicks or how about when you're defined by your overpriced clothing? Is that really you or you just feeling a vibe that you're living in for that moment? Does everyone know you because of your car? I mean, I'm a gearhead myself, so I don't hate that, but we need to be very honest with ourselves because who are we without that, that thing, that item or that vibe that we've projected as a symbol of our self-worth? What happens to you when that vibe or that thing is gone? Are you not still you? It would be a sad day if not. Dude, you need to own you. Let your freak flag fly. Own your nerd flag or whatever flag you fly. Fucking own it. Don't let your self-worth live outside of, well, you. My name is Jason Farias, and this is my Madness Method. I had left us in a pretty sad and somber spot at the end of the last episode. And I mean, I get it. You know, I mean, it's cold and we were homeless in our hometown. It's uh, it was not a comfortable situation, but it got me reflecting on a lot of the happenings of that time. I'm going into as much detail as I can for you guys, but I mean, there's still a lot that happens around these specific points that we're talking about. And it got me remembering some tertiary characters, some some background players to any of these stories, and and it got me missing them. Here's the thing: I'm a, I'm a car guy, right? I always had been. It dawned on me that in any show about drugs or movie about drugs, or I mean, here, here's it doesn't even have to be about drugs. Just think about literally any movie or television show. There's a car that's as much of a character as any of the people that are that are in the show themselves. And for me, when this whole thing started out back in 95, I came into some change. It was time to go get me a nice ride. I had purchased the 95 Thunderbird, brand new, um, right off the lot. Got it lowered, way lower than it should have been. It handled like a F1 car, I swear to God, but... You know, that's here nor there at this point. But the first thing I did when I drove off that lot was went and took it to the stereo shop. All right. So my, my buddy Kenny, his, he worked at a stereo shop and they did the install. And, and you know, it was the deck and new speakers and amps and the nice wiring and all that fun stuff. Right. And then from there, I took it to a mechanic up in Stockton that uh, helped me turn my headliner and my center console into storage or hiding spots. Pretty typical fashion for the, for the drug trade, right? But, I mean, admittedly, it was pretty cool. I could release my dome light in my Thunderbird, and it would equally release the headliner, and I would have access to put either drugs or money up there. And the same thing, there was a false bottom in my center console that was released once you took out the ashtray. And anyway, there was... No love put in that. It went from place to place to place, having somebody do something for me um, just so I could say it was mine. 
Then came along the Honda Civic. Now, mind you, I know that that's not the ball and ass car. It's not a BMW. It's not a Mercedes. It's nothing crazy. Okay. But in 95, Hondas and Acuras were kind of the cars you were after, at least in that time frame. Sadly, I did not have one. But see, Cindy and I have been dating off and on basically our whole lives since I was 16. And we were together um, around the time that high school graduation came around. And as a graduation gift, her father bought her a brand new 95 Honda Civic off the showroom floor, all the the hyped up bells and whistles to it. And, you know, good for her. I, you know, I mean, it was nice having a hot girlfriend with a cool-ass car, dude. That's, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. I was never one of those fucking stand-behind-your-bitch-because-she's-paying-for-your-shit kind of guys. You, you know the ones you see that are like the guys that stand behind the girl while they're paying and they got their arms around their waist like they're letting them pay for their shit because the reality is, is that they can't pay for their own shit. That's not me. That's not that guy I was. You know, like I was the I'm going to pay for all your shit, but hey... I'm also going to drive your car because it's nice. <laughs> the reason I'm 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 differentiating between my Thunderbird and the Honda, one, the Thunderbird didn't hang around long. I wrecked that thing like well, four or five times before we called it quits with it. But the Honda like had this special place in my heart, partly because it was Cindy's, partly because I really loved the car, but but really it was the amount of work I put into it. Cindy had gone sometime after graduation. Her family took a vacation to Arizona, where a lot of her family is. And she left the car with me and entrusting it to me so I could get around being the shithead boyfriend that I am, but also the car guy that I am. The first thing I did was pulled it into my parents' garage and yanked the engine out. And mind you, this is a brand new car, so I'm immediately voiding warranties, okay? Pulled the engine out um, for for just for a little backstory. My dad, uh, my stepdad, dad was a master mechanic for many many years, and then ultimately became a nuclear technician for GE. Okay, really really smart guy. Now he had always showed me how to work on stuff, and I would always be that shithead fucking stepson that acted like I wasn't paying attention, but I, I was paying attention. With that, I had access to. Every and anything I needed to pull an engine, work on an engine. I mean, you name it, we had it, okay? So anyway, I pull this engine out of this brand new Honda. I take it apart. Now, I did a bunch of research and found out what parts would best fit this block, but in keeping with quote-unquote stock pieces. What I mean by that is is no aftermarket brand. Like everything I put on this block was Acura or Honda-made. It's all Honda product, right? So in in theory, I could say it's all stock, which was kind of my my angle I was taking here. And so I put on a new intake manifold, exhaust manifold. Um, I put a new Type R cam in the number two position for the jump. And and I, I didn't do a ton. I didn't want anybody to look at it and go, oh, this is done and that's done and this. So I didn't go crazy. There wasn't a lot I, I did to it that required a lot of computer update. So that was nice. You know, I put on a nice intake pipe. I ran it to the bottom of the car. I adjusted the um, bottom of the front clip a little bit. I, I clipped some pieces and 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 made it so it was all at like forced ram air cold intake. I, I know I'm getting into car guy stuff, but I was proud of this car. You guys, I, I put the engine back in and 
I was like, oh God, praise the Lord. Come on, fire it up. And man, I swear to God, it fired right up. I was like, oh, killed this one, right? You know, when my dad heard it too, he was probably as blown away as I was that, you know, he figured I wasn't paying attention. And here I just yanked an engine and he told me I was fucking up, but I fired it right up. So I took it for a ride. And it was fast. It was fast. I mean, you guys, it's a Honda, right? Like, I mean, I, I wasn't fucking breaking any land speed records, but from what it was before I worked on it to what it was after, it was a substantial difference. The next thing I had to deal with was the stance. And so I took a minute and and mind you, like this this whole time, Cindy's gone. Like she's on vacation thinking I'm just watching her car and I'm fucking destroying this thing. As far as the dealership would be concerned, what I did is I took uh, the springs from a hatchback and from a four-door Honda. Now, mind you, I've got a, I'm working on a, a two-door EX, and I've got hatchback springs for the back and four-door springs from the front. And after doing a little bit of research, figuring out the coil compression, I figured I could cut three quarters of one turn of the springs and get the stance that I was looking for, right? So it was more making the cuts to get it to sit level. But anyway, I wound up sitting the car down just about an inch and a half. And and mind you, I didn't put on any aftermarket rims. I didn't put on none of that. The car was this beautiful, deep gray, almost a pewter, okay? Not quite, but almost, but dark gray. And the interior was the same. It was just dark gray all the way through. It was a beautiful car. Lightly tinted windows. And then it came with, you know, the stock rims and the nice Honda hubcaps. Well, uh, you know, after doing some looking, that's probably about as light of a rim as I'm going to get without spending way more coin than is worth throwing on a Honda. So I, I left the stock rims on it. And it wound up sitting the car down just above the tires. So I had no problems with turning, no scraping when I hit bumps. And it sat down evenly, which was kind of a concern of mine. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a car lowered. And sometimes it looks like the front is up higher than the back. It happens a lot with trucks, I see. But it'll happen with cars if you don't even them out in the lowering process. But this car sat perfectly level. It was beautiful. God, man, I know it's just a Honda, but man, you guys. So the next step was, well, hey, you can't have this nice a car and not have a stereo system, right? And this wasn't like a normal, I'm just going to put a deck in here and I'm going to run. I gutted the entire interior because in my head, if you could do it, you could do it right. So I, I, I had my dad help me out. We built a seventh order isobaric box. I'll let you look that up. And we put the woofers in the trunk. I had two 12s. And then we built into the wheel well where the spare tire goes. We built a box in that for a 10-inch subwoofer. We ran, you know, all the wires cleanly under the carpet, you know, because the carpet wasn't even in there. So it was a nice bare space. And we just did it very tastefully. You know, my dad was a lot of help in making sure that the grounds are right, the power's right, and that system would hit so hard. And I believe I mentioned it in an early earlier episode, but it was so loud and so clear. Okay, like this isn't one of those trunk rattling piece of shit stereo systems, right? There was not a single rattle. We took time, went around this whole car and made sure nothing rattled. 
and you could hear this clearly if I was driving behind you on the freeway, you could hear my bass and the words of the song clearly. And that was important to me. Like the, the sound quality was important to me. I just don't need a bunch of bass banging on the block, looking like an asshole, listening to your trunk rattle. That's not how I get down. We made it so it, the, the, the back seat, because the back seat in a Honda Civic, at least in those years, you could pull a little latch and the whole thing would lean forward. And so we, we put some foam between the back seat and the rest that it locked in against to almost create like a second box where the speakers in the trunk would be a little more closed off to the the cabin of the vehicle. But when you pop that open, it added like a port. So it, the bass hit even hard. It was unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I, there was a like a bass knob. I could turn it on and off like in case there was cops nearby. But yeah, I never really turned it down. <laughs> This car was like anything I had ever learned how to do with my hands went into this vehicle. I redid the engine. I redid the stereo system. I t took care of the suspension. You know, I even went as far as, okay, what chip do I need to add in here based on the, uh, the added parts that I, I put in to get the ignition to work properly and... Like, I really took time and love. I, I even went as far as taking a stand back to admire my work. All of this happened in, what was she gone? Maybe a month. They spent a month out there. But I took a step back and, and there was just, there was something missing. Like, there needed to be something on the face of it, right? Because it was looking very stock, exactly how I wanted it to look. But I don't know. I got this wild hair up my ass. And I, I, I remember having gotten this Metal Raider crest and it was kind of thick and heavy but it was the exact same size as the honda emblem on the hood of the civic so i popped the honda emblem off of the hood and i fastened and secured the raider emblem in the exact space so now i've got this extra honda emblem and and so i put it over just behind the driver's side front wheel between the wheel well and the door and i i know that sounds like like nothing right it sounds kind of ridiculous but the reality is it was just that touch like yeah that's now that's how you know that this is fucking my car like anybody could have a lowered gray honda but how would you know it's jay's it well fuck it wasn't even jay's it was cindy's but you you get what i'm saying cindy comes home from vacation and i'm just kind of giggling take it for let's go for a ride you want to drive and she, she was like what like I, I always wanted to drive and she she fired it up she's like why does it sound like that i was like oh well, i don't know that's wild let's go and she starts getting on it what, 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 what hey why is it doing that and i was like whoa what'd you do she loved it we didn't really discuss it with her parents because they had just bought her the car like a few, i don't know like five months before that six months before that it would have gone over like a ton of bricks if they had known. But anyway, you know, the reason why I tell you this story, the difference between my Thunderbird and the Civic was the love that was put in it, the effort, the attention. I didn't put any love and attention into that Thunderbird, and I fucking wrecked it. I don't know. I, I think it was four times before I gave up on it. But I didn't build anything in it. I didn't create anything in it. There was no investment in this vehicle but the honda 
I put everything into it. You know, I had moments that I'll remember forever that with my dad working on the car, you know, there's just a lot that went into this car. And and it's important that we have this conversation about this Honda because it was not only a source of my energy, it was also like a real source of problems ultimately in life. Now, there was a couple scenarios regarding this car uh, one of them that's that's you know quite interesting, I, I suppose that we should talk about is uh, this is the car I was driving out to uh, go deal with Paulo out in San Jose, and you know on the way back from from any time I'd go out there to see him, I'd stop by my uncle's. He lived in uh, the Tri Valley area, the San Ramon sort of area, and I'd stop by, and he was in a new relationship. He had a girlfriend. She had a couple of daughters, so it was it was like a mixed family situation. I'd go see my little cousins and whatnot, and every now and then, after leaving my uncle's, I would head over to to see Emmett. You know, Emmett would always talk me into, uh, you know, go to Modesto or go to Ceres or go wherever some chicks are at he's trying to hang out with. We were in Modesto, and there was these these this girl he was dating. I'll be honest, you guys, I don't have a strong enough recollection because this was such like a quick situation. But we were at this girl's house in Modesto, and we were hanging out, and I had to use the restroom. And the next thing I know, he's like, hey, I'm going to use the car right quick. So what the fuck are you talking about, bro? And I was like, just hold on a second. I figured I needed to take him somewhere, and I come out of the bathroom, and he's fucking gone in my slash not my car. Well, first of all, it doesn't matter whose it is. You don't touch my shit, bro. Like, I don't know what kind of friend you think I am, but you're wrong. The girl we were there visiting, her aunt was there. Now, her aunt was only like 26, 27 years. Anyway, I snatched her keys. I was like, I'm going to find this guy. And I took this girl's car. And I, I don't know how the fuck I found Emmett. But like three or four blocks away, I see him pulling out of a neighborhood. I blocked him into that at the light. And I beat the fuck out of this kid and it was raining the people that were with him i don't know who the fuck they were but they got out and they bounced i beat the fuck out of that dude i threw him that other chick's keys the ants keys whoever the fuck they are here's the keys i don't know figure your own fucking life out i got my car and i bounced this car was important to me for anybody to assume that they know me like that that you can drive my car bro you don't drive my car and you don't get my girlfriend dude these are the things in life like, those are the two things you don't get to touch, dude. The rest of it, I don't give a fuck, dude. You don't touch my fucking car. You don't touch my girl. That night, I uh, I headed back over to my uncle's, and and uh, we, we hung out for a bit. And I started feeling more comfortable out there. It was like, um, like a getaway, right? So it's not Manteca. It's not the Central Valley at all. You know, it's not San Jose where fucking Paulo and his bullshit is. It was like this, this space between, and it, and it really was right. So it was in the, in the tri-valley. So it wasn't quite the Bay area, but it wasn't the central Valley. And it was just my uncle and my cousins and, and, and we could hang out. I started spending more and more time there. And it was, again, it was, it was my getaway. It was, uh, where I'd run to, except for him and his girl wound up splitting up one night while I was there. And I would unbeknownst to me that there was more to the story at the time. The story was, is that his girlfriend banged one of the neighbors at a party. 
Sounding familiar to anybody? Keep up. We'll get there. Okay. He winds up leaving, but but the night that it was like really kind of blowing up and fucking getting all out of proportion, I was asked to take her daughter, Alicia, and one of her friends and get them out of the house because it was going down. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. So we went for a ride. It was late. I'll be honest with you. It was late. It was probably 11, 12, 1 o'clock. No, we left the house. Uh, we just went for a ride and just kind of cruised around town. Now, the Danville, San Ramon area is fucking dead at night. Now, here's my ass cruising around with a couple young girls, loud-ass stereo system. And I'll be real clear with you guys. Like, no license, no registration, no insurance. It, it, it was it was a bad situation. And the cops around that area are, first of all, they know the locals that roam around late at night, right? Like, if you're out, you're noticed. And I sort of noticed that, that they were, like, circling around. Like, I would make a left turn, and I'd watch somebody make a U-turn, one of the cops or whatever. And so I'd dip into a neighborhood, and it started feeling like... Like, I was seeing too many cops around in a very short amount of time. Like, mind you, this is a sleepy little town. At least it was back in the two, three, four years. But, like, I'd keep hopping sides of the 680 freeway, and I, I would dip in the neighborhoods. And finally, I was like, all right, this is getting a little out of control here. Now I feel like I am running, and I shouldn't be. I was just asked to take them out. But I also didn't want to put them in any danger. So I'm like, I'm just going to post up at this Exxon. And the one thing I always knew I, I could rely on is like, oh, my Honda's overheating and I would pull the overflow reservoir out and, you know, just act like, oh, this is what it leaked. I got to fill it. You know, it would always be my go to if ever I needed to explain away why I was just lingering at a gas station for too long. And I watched this cop sit now, mind you, if you are in Danville, the west side of 680 is, is a hill, and it's a pretty steep one that heads up into some neighborhoods. And then the gas stations that run along the 680, they are basically at the foot of these hills. And I saw a cop sitting up this hill, and he was just sitting there and sitting there. And he wasn't sitting like, oh, I'm waiting for a light, or he wasn't sitting. You could tell he was sitting just watching what the fuck I'm doing because he's the only one out, and I'm the only one out. And I'm trying to explain to Alicia and her friend, like, hey, guys, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to hang out here for a little bit. And I mean, there was no visions of grandeur. They knew who the fuck I was. Like, you know, my uncle, his girlfriend, their kids, like everybody kind of knew what I was about at that time. They were cool with it. We hung out. Eventually, the cop left. And as soon as he left sight, I jumped in that car and we fired. Now, mind you, we were only oh, back over 680. First light, make a left around the bed. We 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 couldn't have been more than a mile away from the house. But nonetheless, we get back and my uncle's gone. His girlfriend is locked in her room. So I, I didn't really know that what was done was done, right? I didn't know that they had officially broke up. The whole shit was over. I had no idea. We get back to the house. The girls go upstairs, go to bed. I lay on the big oversized chair with the ottoman that's pulled up to the chair. And I, I stick my my dope and my pipe and my money and all my shit. And I stick it kind of between the ottoman and the chair. And I pull the ottoman close and I go to sleep. Well, the next thing I know, 
I'm being woken up and I've got four cops standing above me. What the fuck's going on? They're already hooking up to the Honda. They're impounding it because they say it's parked on a public street with bad registration. You know what? Still to this day, I don't even know if that's legal. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I really don't know, but they wound up taking the car and they kept asking me. They're like, what do you have on you? I'm like, what are you talking? Why would you even ask me that? Like, what do you mean? What do I have on me? There's more to this story about the car, but I want to point something out here. So in my uncle's ex-girlfriend's haste to get mad at him, this bitch called the cops on me, knowing that I had shit on me. The car was just a fucking a convenience for her because she wanted to get back at my uncle for leaving her, even though she fucked the neighbor. Okay. So she wanted to be the whore. And I now have to pay the price because I, first of all, I didn't even know they fucking broke up. So like, why wouldn't I think I could stay here? Oh yeah. And it's my uncle's house. Why else? Why the fuck wouldn't I stay here? But yeah, this bitch called the cops and told them fucking, and, and thank God they didn't look under that fucking, I mean, I might not even be here today if they'd have fucking slid that chair and that ottoman apart. So the car's gone. I'm stuck in my uncle's house. My uncle's not fucking there. I've got to explain to Cindy that the fucking car has been impounded and that, that, you know, her and her parents, they, they, they did say, Oh yeah, you guys pay the registration. You can come pick it up. Well, okay. So, but I can't, I'm not on it. So they have to go take care of it. So Cindy and her parents got to go deal with it. So that's the first time that the car went on a hiatus. Now, the second time, the second time was some deep bullshit. Okay. So, the Mantico apartments, you know, we had Adam and Tony on either side of me. Now, by this time, we were out of the apartment, but Adam needed a ride home. Now, Adam worked, he worked in Tracy at the Orchard Supply Distribution Center. And he needed a ride home. Now, mind you, Tony's not available. That dumb motherfucker's in jail. So he gave me a buzz. And I'm like, yeah, bro, of course I got you, dude. Like, I'm on my way right now, you know. Now, mind you, I'm fucking homeless, okay? I got shit else to do. I might as well try to help out a friend. So I smash out to Tracy to pick him up. Right as I'm getting off the freeway at MacArthur, I'm exiting going west on 205. I exit MacArthur and the light's green. So I'm, I go to roll through the green light and this cop, I swear to God, almost T-bones me because he's running the fucking light to get on the freeway. And I slam on my brakes and he slams on his and I'm looking fuck, eye to eye with this dude. The front of his car is inches from the door of my car and i'm like what the fuck bro and so i wave at him and i continue my turn but this motherfucker makes a u-turn because i don't have a seatbelt on so he went to run a light he's gonna hit my car i wave nicely to him he pulls me over for no seatbelt now again you guys no license no registration no insurance not good so the car gets impounded again. This time, 30 days. 30 days, no questions. Nobody can come get it. See you in 30. I don't even remember how or who I got a hold of. Like, hey, somebody needs to go get Adam. He has no fucking idea what's going on other than the fact I'm I'm not there to pick him up. And and this time, you know, I, I set a, a clock. Okay, it got impounded this day, 30 days from there. We got to have everything straightened out by this date. License, registration, so on and so forth. Now, Cindy's license was always good, so she could just go get it. 
I was never worried about my license, but the rest of the parts were important. We're gathering together the money. We're, we're not really in a position. We don't have anywhere to live, so we don't like have endless funds to scratch together to go rescue this car, but we're timing it as best we can. On the 26th day from the impound, we get a call from the tow yard, and we must have gotten the call about 3 p.m., and they said, hey, you guys coming to pick up your car? So what the fuck are you talking about? Well, yeah, you got to pick it up today. If you don't pick it up by five, you're forfeiting the vehicle. What the fuck are you talking about? So, yeah, so in two hours, we had to call. We we, we scratched up some money. We shot over there to the place. We get there. It's 515. They won't let us in. Like, no joke. Won't let us in. We're there. They're like, sorry, you had till five. We don't know... (sighs) We weren't in the position to argue. I mean, I could assume because here's the thing is we know that the owner of that tow yards kid was seen driving around in my car. We know he was. We know he was because somebody uh, ran up on him friendly wise, not, not but somebody ran up on this kid thinking it was me and then kind of jammed the kid up because who the fuck are you driving this car? Basically, what it came down to is the guy that owned the tow yard there in Tracy, California. Fucking, I don't know how it is they managed to fuck with the dates. I don't. I I know what how to count to thirty, you guys. Okay, I I know what I didn't get that wrong. So how on the twenty sixth fucking day was my time up? And 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 they call us at three, just enough time to say they gave us enough time, but not enough time to actually fucking get there. But you guys, the car was gone. The car was gone. I lost Cindy's car twice and the second time was permanent. I put a lot of love into that car. I mean, mind you, I drove it like I stole it and I drove it like I had a death wish. Like when, when traffic is doing 30, I was still doing 90 whipping in and out of traffic, driving on shoulders. Like I was a monster in this car, but it was like an extension of me. It was, when I fired it up, it was like I became part of it and it was part of me. I, I, It's the craziest vibe when you and your vehicle and it, I don't care what I don't care if it's a motorcycle, a skateboard, a car. It doesn't matter. But when you hit that vibe with your vehicle that you know that if you think it, the car can do it. I mean, you know, I had even had. A woman tell me, it was this lady we started hanging out with out in Western Ranch after the loss of the Manteca apartment. She and I got introduced from Emmett, of course, you know, anyway, she was this older lady that used to tweak balls while her husband worked nights. And so, you know, we would kind of bum our way over there after we had met her. But it was she and her best friend, and her best friend was one of them fucking hippie chicks, man. Like fucking, like every third block of hair was a dreadlock, you know, and and walked around barefoot everywhere. And anyway, she had even told me because I had lined the inside under the dash, under the seat, and uh, along the kickboard on the inside of the car, I'd lined it with with blue neon which was way before these neon rolls of strips existed. So it was a lot harder than it sounds, but it would glow blue from the inside of the car. And, and this woman even said that when I get out of my car and that neon blue turns off, that my aura shines the same color as 
the neon in the car. And she said, because the because of the gray and the blue that is shining, it comes off with this hint of purple. And that's a, that's a, the exact color of your aura. It's like you, and she went into this thing that you and this car are one. And I'm like, oh, this chick's fucking crazy. But I don't know. Is that weird? Can you see auras? Can anybody see auras? I I don't know. If if it's true, that's very interesting to me because the connection I felt to this vehicle was intense. Like losing that car broke my heart. It wasn't that it was it wasn't the monetary value and and it wasn't that, you know, Cindy's parents were going to be pissed that we lost this car. I mean, we had taken over the payments. We were doing the best we could. Like all of our focus became about the car because it was our new fucking apartment. So we just happened to have an apartment with a a really nice surround sound system. (laughs) Fuck, man. How much shit am I supposed to lose, you guys? Like, all of it? I I, I wish I would have asked myself that question before because, fuck. The devastation that the loss of this car caused to Cindy on top of everything else I had put this girl through. Now, mind you, I, I can only tell my story from my perspective okay now i could t- sit here and tell you all the horrible things that i had done from the perception of somebody else but that's their story to tell i can only tell you mine but what i can tell you is the shit that i put her through like the loss of this car was like fucking the nail in the coffin boy and then I then I get I get I get thrown into these fucking crazy scenarios like being stuck in my uncle's house while he's gonna dump his fucking his whore ass girlfriend, right? I say that, but she was she was cool in the beginning. But I mean, come on, you're gonna bang the fucking neighbor just and while he's out. It, anyway, that's that's for another story. That's probably matter of fact, you guys, it's probably for the next story. Because it's it's really important before I tell this next episode that you understand. One, I just wanted to talk about my cars, man, because I loved them. I loved them. They were like family. But I also need you to understand the mindset of some of the people that are in this story for what comes up in the next episode, because the next episode is fucked up. And please forgive me if it doesn't come out immediately the next Friday after this one, because it's I'm going to have to go and relive that. And it ain't going to be fun. But I'm going to tell it. I'm going to tell it because I'm here to tell the whole shit. I'm here to tell the whole thing. And I owe it to you guys, right? Like, we're in this together at this point. So, look. I'm going to get to thinking on the next one and mapping that one out because I really want it to be impactful because it it's 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 so important to understand. So, we're going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through that with you all. But in the meantime, listen. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, if you want to reach out, if you want to talk, listen, I'm working on some other projects that are going to involve me wanting to talk to other people that are that are listening to this, that can relate to this experience, that have been through similar things. Like, I want to hear from you, and I would love to have a conversation. So for now, get a hold of me at mymadnessmethod819 at gmail or my madness method on instagram we're gonna have a a website up soon we're going to be rolling out some new projects shortly i really really would love to hear from everybody so listen y'all take care we'll talk in the next 
My name is Jason Farias, and this is my Madness Method.